Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotter. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the uh, um, technical goodies. Radio hotter. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Got your notes? No. <laughs> then it's standard procedure. It is. Who's calling in? Oh, those tosses. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, all the, the usual number. suspects. Oh, I've got to do the international poorly connection. Hang on a sec. Five, four, three, two, one. G'day viewers, here we are again, another episode of Radio Heartlap. Number 20. We can come of age next week. We can, JP. How are you, buddy? What's I'm going on, good. mate? It's good. Uh, not a lot, but, you know, it's been a fairly uh, busy week, back at work and all, after the holidays. That so would have been uh, tough getting back into that. Oh, it was. It was uh, very, very painful, I have to say. But uh, never mind, I've survived. I'm here. And, uh, yeah, and the weather's perfect tonight. Not a hint of breeze, so uh, let's get let's get into it. What well, we it's uh, disappointing that you didn't get a, uh, a look in with Stevie over there in uh, in in Cupertino. Uh, you, you'd, you'd gone over for the the launch of oh, the, the new, gadgets, uh, the gadget launch, um, but you hadn't really. <laughs> <laughs> you and Phil uh, Schiller, they just didn't get a Guernsey at all. No, no, it's a bit of a worry, isn't it? And uh, it's yeah. nice to be asked though to get involved in product marketing. Well, yeah, it's all right. It's, it, it it does its job, I suppose. But uh, it's probably I don't know. We might as well go straight into the techo stuff, I suppose. Oh, why not? Yeah, just to keep all the motor racing fans hanging, you know. And you go, oh, this boring Mac well, stuff again. Well, let's have a little yeah, bit. Actually, we'll just do it a little. A li just one comment. iPod Hi-Fi waste of space. Well, I can see why you'd be saying that on the margins that Apple give you to sell all this stuff. But uh, you know, there's only one thing that I did like about it was the fact that it took batteries. And I thought, well, you know, if you felt like going on a picnic with an iPod and, a, and, and you wanted to have a really good stereo and have a bit of a, yep. a dance picnic party, well, it, it looked like a great solution. You could have an iPod shindig. <laughs> iPod indig. <laughs> we have the iShindig player. Now, it's, uh, yeah, the jury's out. We'll see when the thing arrives, I guess. Well, we've got a huge show today, uh, viewers. We've yeah, we got, uh, got a, uh, some pretty interesting announcements to, 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 to tell you about. You started. Um, and, uh, well, we won't even be announcing them. We'll be getting the people involved themselves to announce them. And, uh, That's the best way of doing we're it. We're catching up with uh, what's going on in the UK. we sort of been reading the local rags. think there's a lot of neg going on there with, like, where's F1 going? And, uh, yeah, it's yeah. a new season. But poor old Mark Webber. Been a bit marginalised there with... Um, Sounds like you know, things aren't going to crash up as they are being reported by the press um, at uh, Williams with yep. the FW28. And uh, obviously, you know, they've, they've got a few you know, teething problems, I suppose. If you're going to change a tyre manufacturer, then I think uh, it's important that you uh, uh, spend a fair bit of time that it's going to take it. Now, I'm just going to go and turn it is the friggin' dryer off. Yeah, wait, is that what that noise is? Okay, well, while Johnny's doing that, yeah, we'll, we'll probably uh, touch on the uh, on the Williams fiasco. Um, 
I mean, word, word is that uh, morale's down uh, in the team and, you know, and, and the tyre change isn't doing them a lot of good. But, I mean, every Formula One team's chassis is so closely allied to the performance of its tyres these days that I guess they've just got to give themselves a bit more time to, uh, you know, to get the thing in tune. And uh, they're probably struggling a bit too. There's been a few uh, changes of personnel over there. So maybe Paulie can enlighten us a bit more when we talk to him. Well, he's got his finger on the pulse there. It's, it's, yeah, it's funny, up, up until recently, you know, they really, they haven't been allowed to go and do any testing, other than, I suppose, mm. Jerez and Valencia. and um, uh, It's been too bloody cold and snowy. Well, well, that's what, well, that was one of the issues, was that yeah. because their track temperatures are not getting much above 20 degrees, it's very difficult for them to be able to do some sort of like hot tarmac testing. And now with the access into Bahrain, I suppose that that's good. It's, it's a bit surprising. Usually you wouldn't, a race series wouldn't let you test um, you know, at the track you were about to go to. Yeah, true. Certainly for quite a, a, a short period of time before, but I, even for Formula 1, I'm a bit surprised they did that. But, but Paulie will have some... Um, Paulie have a bit of insight onto that. I mean, maybe it's just the, because they're actually prepared this year because of the changes that have that, that the series has undergone, um, new engines and all, everything else notwithstanding. Uh, they don't mind the drivers getting their eye in a bit on a, on a track that they're going to be racing on. No, I think it's a. It would be a pretty, pretty tough place to sort of go to. It'd be a bit, be a bit like, uh, like uh, Barbagello or the old Wanneroo, um, in that uh, it has a lot of sand coming across yep. the track there. So that oh, uh, that changing the tire, abrasive eh? surface. And, uh, <laughs> but I hear it's a lovely place to go if you don't like a drink. Yeah, well, so they say. But we'll never be doing the show there. Well, I wouldn't unless. Don't they exclude the hotels though? If you're an international tourist staying at the Hilton in Bahrain, isn't that all licensed? As long as you're in the hotel, under the under the counter. Oh, I don't think it's under the counter. I think it's really deep. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. Well, look, you never know uh, at this at this stage in the year. It's it's so far away to think about. Uh, well, we've got that funny. We've got Bahrain at at both ends of the scale. Yes, we, we do. We have uh, the the F1 F1s starting there, and then we're we're toodalooing pretty much towards the end of the year with the V8s down in Bahrain. Just, I reckon it's going to be great. And it's just disappointing to hear, you know, that now that um, it's all uh, gone pear-shaped there with uh, China. Yes. And yeah. now we've begun to win a lot less cost. Yeah, I was say, you know, the financial controllers will be loving about, it. Yeah, well, the finance, certainly the finance guys will. But, uh, I mean, if they've amortised the cost of those bloody two-car transporters they uh, built last year over... The supposed season of the contract with China, they'd be a bit cheesed. So I reckon they would have burned a bit of money there. Drafting a letter to send off to the Chinese officials today to thank them for that decision in not being able to make a decision, uh, and because the uh, the upshot of that is that uh, with the Winton V8 round now confirmed as a replacement, that bumped the Utes, which means we don't have to go to Dota Winton. That's right. <laughs> it's just about the last place you want to go. Although the second last place is probably Wakefield Park, oh, but at least the hotels are close and it's quite a friendly sort of a place, and it's good for it spectators. Is. You can see the whole track. Yes, it's very good from that point yeah, of view. It is. So, so, well, while we're in V8 news, are we carry on with that, or are we going to ring international oh, Paulie? What do you reckon? No, no, we'll get to Paulie in a moment. But oh, um, right. I, uh, I've never seen, mate. It's always good when you've got a happy Dick, and uh, I've never seen Dick looking so happy. Well, he certainly does look happy. Do you think that's got anything to do with the fact that uh, he got all that money out of West Point last year before they went bust and he changed his sponsors? <laughs> He'd be the only bloke who got any money out of it, wouldn't he? Yeah, that's all. That, that's another pear-shaped job for the day. That could be our, Absolutely. That could be our word, uh, word for the day, dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> word for the day, Dan. Word, word for the day. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've just never seen Dick so happy. No, he does like, look you know, very got, got ebullient. New, new brands, and he's got you know he's got youngsters coming through because he's got his you know Conica satellite sort of program working well, and uh, and Grant Denyers who was up there the other day for the launch, um, yes. and um, was up there with Glenda McCout from uh, from Summit Leasing. Ran into and had lunch with her actually, and, and Craig Denyer up at um, of up course you were up last with his week. dad last week. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. And, and dad was dad was very happy. Was he? Yeah, absolutely. And I just it's like, like what Grant's taught him how to do the quick step or something. Look, <laughs> are you over it? <laughs> Viewers, are you over enough jokes about like <laughs> dancing with the stars, dancing with the stars, and and and, <laughs> and car racing? Oh man! Oh, well, you get the mileage where you can. You exactly. know what? When I was up in Sydney, I came back down to Sydney and had to do some stuff, and I spent uh, three days staying at the Western at CBD. Uh, right there at, at Martin Place. What a lovely hotel. Really nice. I, I enjoyed staying there. It was yeah, just beautiful. Great location, everything like that. And I cruised up a couple of times. Did you do a runner or something? Yeah. Oh, the well, that's, that, well, that'd be why you're plugging them so heavily. A bit of recompense. <laughs> the credit card did get declined. <laughs> <laughs> well, funnily enough, it was uh, there were two John Arts in the whole in the in the place, and, right. and I had a phone call from someone, and she's going, "Oh, to John, it's 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 Roz," and I went, "Oh, good day, Roz. How are you?" Because I knew her, Roz. She goes, oh, "She goes, how are you?" Oh, thank you, Vicky. Yeah, oh, Vic, welcome. this looks deluxe. Vic's yeah. our savoury bitch tonight. <laughs> she's bringing Slave, it. I think. She's brought all this wonderful is. stuff out here. We've got cheese and pickled and, onions and And, and Ross said, oh, I'm, yeah, Di said to say good. I said, well, from Adelaide. I went, oh, yeah. Di from Adelaide. Yeah, and she goes, the Norwood store. Rosie's sister. <laughs> I went, yeah. Uh, I like it. You know, the Greg Russell connection, uh, GRA. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. all too spooky. And then she goes... Am I speaking to, to, to the right John? I went, well, I don't know. She's from Auckland. And I'm going, from no, Auckland. this is too hard. <laughs> Look, viewers, I'm an Australian, but occasionally, you know, in the early days, occasionally I fell out of a tree. Over. Anyway, yeah. there were two John Hearts in the hotels. So um, my credit card got declined because they'd actually picked up their details. Anyway, go figure. Anyway, so rewind. they paid for your accommodation. Rewind to the story. I ended up cruising up through there and saw how Sunrise and Channel 7 have set up there opposite the Reserve Bank. And it is all open to the public and you can mm. just wander around and have a look at it. It's brilliant. Have you seen the Sunrise show in the yes, morning? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You're up earlier than me. I, I never yeah. get up for that. Yeah. Laney's usually got that happening. It's, it's great. Yeah. Oh, what's this, Vic? Uh, no, you got I think it's pine out some capsicum and... Oh, it's really yummy. It's red. Well, that'll be the capsicum problem. But yeah, I've never seen Dick look so happy, and I think you know, new ventures. Well, hey, apparently, uh, business-wise, things are starting to take off for him. I mean, you know, Dick's a, a, a wily old bugger, and uh, he's put a lot of money into a lot of different ventures, particularly I think over the last few years. And uh, I think it's all just starting to come good for him now. So good on him. Long way from the rock. And Dick is a Dick is a brand in Queensland. Oh, absolutely. I mean, viewers, we're big on br talking about branding, and we think we'd believe in it. Yep, that's what we're doing here, trying exactly. to brand ourselves to fall into the world of branding. <laughs> anyway, I'm talking crap. So we probably should move right along. Go on. All right. Well, okay. Well, we're talking about the uh, about the V8s and whatnot. Uh, as we questioned last week, would Bargs get a drive or not? 
and uh, there you go, he's fallen on his bloody feet and he's in with Orcon as expected. So, uh, good on your Barks, I think that's a great result. I think a lot of the cards have been played pretty close to people's chests. Um, you know, sort of, there's been a lot of stuff that we've been sort of privy to that we've just have had embargoes on that we can't really talk about. Yeah, there's a, there's and a you lot. have to respect that for the teams because they they wish to be able to to manage their media releases. Um, I think that's that's really really good. And so you've seen all sorts of colourful cars coming out this week, and oh yeah, heap, there's been heaps happening this week. Actually, it's been really weird because January was just so quiet, and now it's all just happening. Uh, Steve Ellery's got himself the enduro drive with Ceramet which I think is a great result for him. Um, and, you know, the rumour is that uh, it could maybe go a little bit further than just to drive in the Enduros. So, uh, if that comes to fruition uh, and he becomes a full-time steer and, and there's another car involved, um, that'll be fantastic for him as well. So, uh, no, it's good to hear that. Uh, our good old friend um, Alan Simonson. I haven't spoken to Alan this week. Um, he has been pretty busy, but uh, the rumour has it. Well, I knew he was going to be doing a test up there with um, with Triple Eight. Triple Eight, yeah. There will be, I believe, a press release you know, Wednesday of next week, which will confirm what's going on. But he and um, uh, Tom Chilton uh, and Richard Lyons tested the car. Both, uh, they're all actually pretty good steers. Uh, now, hold on, just feel. Lyons is the Irish guy and Chilton's Lyons the Lyons is the Irish guy, yeah, yep. Formula Nippon champion. Worked in, um, in, in, in Japanese Super GT and, and done some testing in, testing in champ car for Rocket Sports. Um, you know, business end yep. you know, of it all. Like, looks like a pretty focused guy, quick, you know, no nonsense, sort of getting on with it. You're mature enough to know how to look after a car, which is what Enduro... The drivers um, are needed. Uh, Tom Chilton is only a young guy, and he's like, I think he's the youngest ever winner of British touring cars. Of, 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 he was driving the. Um, I saw some of the races that, that, this year. I think they're uh, Hondas Vauxhall? or something. Or no, Civics Honda, or something. No. Oh, Hondas. Yeah. I don't know what they look like, Hondas, but they're not. They're something else. It's just the disrepair of the British. <laughs> the state of disrepair of British touring cars compared to the Australian series, the supercars, is just really quite amazing. But he was, uh, he did uh, sh share a, a prototype with uh, Shimoda, uh, a Zytec that ran Le Mans. And he, at 20 years old, you know, you, you have to be able to, to, to bring a prototype home, and, and they've done that. And, and you, you, our youngster, Gunnar Jeanette, yes. who is, um, you know, in the, in the Panos team, same thing, you know, there's young bloke got to get a car home and up against uh, the, uh, the big dudes so I suppose for that reason he's been given the nod to come and test the car and uh, from what I'm reading this week but I'm, I'm you know it's, yeah. and that's all I'm doing it's all he's saying that it's uh, all hearsay at the moment that's right we'll have to wait and see what happens next week about who gets and who gets the, the Guernsey and I believe Al Alan Simonson's done a very good job there um, as you'd expect and Alan as, mm. as we've talked about on the show many many times before is, is you know a highly versatile driver in, in and and particularly good in, in adverse weather conditions uh, because where that where it can all go a bit pear shaped so uh, looking forward to seeing what happens next week it'd be great to see that uh, to see him get a get a Guernsey there but uh, I mean any of those guys could, uh, could get the Guernsey um, I think the uh, the whole enduros this year with the teams being announced so early um, 
you know, all, all of the what you'd class as the, the gun teams and the teams that look like they're they're going to do something this year have already got their whole year mapped out in front of them. And uh, I think it augurs for a pretty good year in V8 supercars and, and uh, a great in, uh, series of Enduros. I don't know if we should have started this show so early. This spread that Vicky's brought here tonight is just absolutely wonderful. It is wonderful. fantastic, Vic. I'll plug Adelaide Where? Central Market. Well, there you go, Adelaide Central Market. Get your fresh food there. And we're just hoeing Come in Come down, here. viewers, for the, um, the the Fringe Festival, which is on, which is the perfect few uh, three weeks of um, of uh, three or four weeks of, of interlude before Clips will arrive. It's not interlude, is it? No. Fun. It's almost like putting it down. Three weeks of fun before <laughs> the interlude is the, the week of fun. <laughs> but oh, so much going if on you're down. coming over from interstate and you're feeding yourselves in one of those apartments where you've got your kitchen and everything else laid out. Make sure you get yourself down to the Adelaide Central Market and buy some beautiful fresh food. Okay, plug over. <laughs> AdelaideMarkets.com <laughs> I think we're going to talk to Paul and I won't rain on his parade because I'd imagine he is going to tell us what's going on with uh, the with Panos where this uh, week yep. that they've signed um, uh, Bruno, Bruno Ginquera and... Yes. I got the press uh, release. And, yep. um, the Bourdais, the uh, reigning champ car yep. uh, winner, to um, partner them at the opening round, Sebring 12 hour, 12 hour. with with Gunnar Jeanette and Tom Milner and David Brabham, and that, that's a that's going to be a pretty strong lineup. That really shows you the commitment to what that the Panos is doing to come back in into the into the brand. So. A lot of fun there, and I think. And as a, mm. I also heard this week that the sounds that um, Jason Bright has been confirmed to drive the um, Aston Aston Martin yeah. at Sebring, and which makes sense because with Dave Brabham's yep. unavailability in the Pro Drive program, and then if he goes well there, presumably Le Mans is an option. Just wait while the plane goes over and. Yeah, we'll see what Paulie has to say about, you know, Weber and what's going on there. But, um, viewers, we thought we'd introduce a little bit of the Dirt Report. Yeah, this is a new thing. A the Dirt Report. You're over-modulating tape. Okay. Okay, the Dirt Report is, uh, this week, you know, we'd like to, there's a couple we've got here for you. It is, which... Cooper's racing car driver was parading around a hotel piano with a trophy he didn't win and ended up losing it. I'm sure you're able to figure that out. If you've listened to all the earlier shows, you'd know straight away. You There's would. a clue. And which current and two-time V8 Ute champion has recently taken to wearing girls' clothes <coughs> when travelling to New Zealand. Mmm. Yeah, there's an interesting one. Just keep your cool on that one and see if you can come back to us next week or send us some uh, send us the answer to support at, at radiohotlap.com. Radio you won't win a prize, but we'll mention you on the show next but week. But we are gonna get we are gonna be giving away some iPods later in the year because we've seen the future of iPods. Recently, we can't talk about London non-disclosure. <laughs> what are you cackling about over there, Chase? Because I know exactly what you're 
referring to, Johnny. Well, Excuse me, talking about Well, that's why that. we can't talk about it. Well, you're right. And nor should we. Came back in through the new international airport the other day in Adelaide, and for those coming down, uh, yes, we mentioned it last week, but it was absolutely great. Stopped in at the Cooper store there at quarter to ten, it was packed. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't buying anything other than amber liquid. So um, uh, that's uh, that'll be the Cooper store right there. No, really good, and everyone's going to be um, going to be uh, having a great time coming. It's beautiful. Cooper's on tap at the Qantas yes. Club. Oh, at the Qantas yeah, Club. Yeah, I went in and had a look at the Qantas Club, and it's it's, yep. it's a beautiful arrangement there. It's it's really really nice. Hopefully they'll. Um, and there's the new Virgin Club thing open there, the same as they've got in Melbourne and Sydney. I think oh, they were, mate, talk, they were no talking idea. about it, I but never, I don't know whether it does or it doesn't. I don't fly it. Incoming messages. <laughs> oh, it's international. Paulie wants to ring in and say what's going on. Oh, viewers, you'll have to forgive us today. We're a bit off the pace. We've been just—I've been just flat it's out just with too much stuff. Happening we're a day late putting the stuff together. It's just—it's just been madness. It always is this time of year. So everybody mm. sort of want, they, they, they go, oh, what are we going to do? Race car? What are we going to do? Race car stuff? Programs? Blah blah blah. And then it all just comes in at the last moment. Last week was the lull before the storm, and now the storm is well and truly happening, and it'll just keep going up until Clipsal. It. It is funny, you, go, you, you say to them, look, let's have a talk about things early, let's get mm. your plans in place, and so we don't do it at the last moment, and, and it doesn't, and today, stuff coming in from the you guys, that this email contradicts the last email, because stuff's been done the next hour, and you've already put the stuff on, well, what's, what's someone to do, viewers? Not a lot. Bump drafting is an interesting uh, a thing I've been hearing about recently. In, bump in drafting. Bump bump drafting, and I'm, I'm hoping International Paulie can bring us up to speed about it because I reckon well, he, he probably will. It's it's, it's obviously a NASCAR oriented thing, <laughs> and uh, well, I know what drafting is, but I'm not sure about this bump business. What does that mean? They they draft someone and then they just get straight up their clacker or what? I don't really know that, but we're going to find out from Paulie what's going on. Okay. International Paulie. Hello, boys. G'day, Paul. How are you, buddy? I'm well, yourself? Very well, thank you. But that's uh, there, What's happening down there in beautiful downtown Adelaide? Well, it is beautiful, actually. It's a lovely still evening, and we've had a 35-degree day. The dogs is barking. We haven't actually mentioned rust yet tonight. And uh, we're picking out all this food that Vic's bought round. There you go. Well, it was mi it was minus two in beautiful downtown Bury St Edmunds this morning, so uh, oh lovely. Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 knew you were coming on the show, uh, Paulie. We we mentioned that, but just at the moment you ring rang, we were actually trying to figure out a term we've been reading about in NASCAR. Bump drafting. Can you help us out? Bump drafting. Well, it's basically. Um, as you go kind of tearing down the back straight, if you basically come charging up behind the, uh, because you, you know, obviously in the draft, the car in front makes a bigger hole in the air and you're able to go a little bit, a little bit quicker. The the idea is is that you basically you run straight into the back of the bloke that you're um, that you're following because you're probably going maybe four to five mile an hour faster. And uh, you give him a little push. So you do literally tap him. Yeah, tap him. You 
kind of hit him. Well, that's, I mean, I just said, well, uh, we knew what the drafting was, but does the bump mean you go up his clacker and you're just saying, yeah, that that's actually what happens? Yeah, and the, and, and the problem is is that they're getting, um, they had problems during uh, the qualifying races for Daytona where where the bump drafting, were, of course, if you kind of run into someone in a corner where yep. you've got a whole lot of lateral Gs um, on the car, um, it's obviously kind of pretty easy to kind of turn somebody around. So they actually brought in kind of no bump drafting zones and painted <laughs> yellow lines across the track saying, okay, you can only do it to, in these certain areas. And of course, it gets a bit tricky. That, like the, the back straight's pretty easy. The front straight, of course, has a, has a big curve in it. Mm. So there's only kind of certain areas in the front straight that you're able to able to do it as well. So what NASCAR are going to do for the the next time they're on they're on the big super speedways, of course, the big two and a half mile tracks, which is uh, Indianapolis is, is a little different. That's two and a half miles as well, but it's not kind of high banked. But the big fast tracks like um, Daytona and, and Talladega, what they're going to do later in the year is they're going to introduce a softer nose on the car. <laughs> so if you so if you start if you start running into the back of somebody, you're going to tear, tear on the front of your car up and uh, lose all your aero. So uh, that's going to kind of discourage that because they're basically kind of making the making the front of the cars, the front and the rear of the cars stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So uh, you know it's like uh, it's like having a bull bar on the back and a bull bar on the front. Yeah. Covered with a covered with some fiberglass over over the top of it, <laughs> and you can um, bump draft away. Um, well, but we've never heard this sort of heard of it. Well, I've certainly never heard of bump drafting before. I mean, it's, it's is this a, a relatively new phenomenon in in NASCAR? Or has it been around forever, and it's just suddenly getting some publicity because of that? You know, the strength of the front and rear of the cars. Or is it well, is it just defined like specific just to some circuits, Paul? Well, it's, it, it is mainly specific to the super speedways um, because that's where you, where where you kind of have a um, there's a significant advantage because you can gain just that extra kind of couple of mile an hour which is just all important it's all down to kind of you know millimeters and you know one mile an hour makes one heck of a difference so um they're always kind of looking for any opportunity they can to uh, try to find that that little advantage and it's become more prevalent because someone's kind of discovered that oh yeah okay well we can make the cars go a little bit faster if if we do this Right. So they start, so they start making the front and rear of the cars stronger, and then all of a sudden it becomes a bit of a bit of a free for all um, because you're able to do it without tearing your car up. And what about official domain? Are they, are they obviously they haven't outlawed it? Do you think that will that will eventuate, or do you think well, part no, of this? Well, I, the, the smart way is to kind of change the cars, so you so you basically can't do it. So if you run into the back of somebody, you tear your car up, which is you know basically what would happen if you, you know tried doing that on Mountain Straight at um, Mount Panorama kind of thing. If you, yep. if you run ran into the back of someone doing five mile an hour faster, you're going to kind of tear up the nose and um, you know make a mess of your car. The the difference in, in NASCAR or how it's kind of become so so prevalent is because of the fact that they've just started making the car stronger and stronger and they could kind of take the uh, take the punishment. So um, you know the drivers kept looking for. Or any opportunity that they could to try if to you've get that got extra the advantage, one, use it. one or two mile an hour. Yep. Could bump drafting be seen as a technique or a accident from the different perspectives? No, oh, it's definitely a technique. And then, you know, there's guys that are that are that are kind of better at it, to, better at it than others. But um, yeah, it's something that yeah you know, they're going to. Uh, Depends if you're on the receiving end, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. 
and if you get turned around. Uh, Kyle Bush's uh, reception of that was, was fairly, uh, well, you know, monumental results. So you can both you, you can both benefit from the thing um, because you both end up kind of going going that little bit faster. However, if you kind of get obviously if you get hit too hard and you're in the corner, then all of a sudden you all of a sudden you're sideways at um, 180 mile an hour, which is um, in a uh, 3,500 pound what's that in kilos? That's about um, heavy, um, 15, 16, 1700 kilo, I don't know what the exact conversion is, a big, big, heavy car, way heavier than a V8 supercar, all of a sudden you're sideways at the banking at 180 mile an hour. That ain't necessarily a lot of fun. <laughs> That's the truth. So what's happening in uh, England, mate? You're obviously pretty busy there, uh, getting ready with the uh, Multimatic Team Panos uh, American Le Mans Series kickoff at Sebring. Yeah, the boys have been uh, boys have been testing in Atlanta this week. Um, we did the uh, the final deals have been done on the on the driver lineup for Sebring. Of course, you got David Brabham, Scott Maxwell, um, Gunnar Jennett, and Young Tom Milner kind of signed up to do the complete season. But for Sebring, you need extra drivers. So um, there's a couple of blokes, uh, a guy called Sebastian Bourdais and a bloke called Bruno Junquera, some Frenchman, some Brazilian guy who's you know. Apparently they've done some stuff in champ cars over the years. <laughs> um, they were kind of free on the weekend, so we kind of snaffled those guys up to uh, to add to the um, add to the driving talent. So that that's kind of a pretty good get. Long and short of it, really. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's going to be kind of quite odd because you've got uh, Sebastian, who's probably I think he's probably taller than Brabs and, and Scotty. He's like Gunner. Driving with them, and you've got Bruno, who's who's at. Um, uh, who's at the other end of the uh, uh, the height scale, driving with Tom and um, Gunner, who are the, the two taller guys, kind of thing. So uh, mm. I, I think I think Gunner was pushing pretty hard to try to get Sebastian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's gonna, I can imagine he would have. One because he's probably going to be quicker, and two because he's about the same height. So, and, but that's one of the, that's one of the big things with um, uh, you know these sports car races and Sandown and Bathurst and you know any kind of endurance race. Having guys the same size is a big uh, is a big advantage because you've got all these issues with the belts and seat position and you know you can't just kind of tailor the car to have it exactly how you want it. Uh, you have to kind of make compromises and it's not necessarily exactly how you would prefer to, to have the car. You know your seating position and where the drink bottle is and all those kind of little things, the height of the steering wheel, exactly where the pedals are. All this stuff is kind of adjustable and. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, you've had um, uh, yeah, these guys have, or, or Sebastian in particular, has done a lot of endurance racing before, so he kind of knows the he kind of knows the deal. It'll be brand new to Bruno, but all of a sudden, you've got to kind of swallow your ego for the sake for the team's sake, kind of thing. And uh, uh, it's not always exactly how you would prefer to have the car. Some super egos who have come and done sports car racing over the years kind of thing they have struggled with that a little bit uh, not only the setup but the seat the fact they're not in the car all the time and uh, yeah it can have a uh, can have a bit of an impact a lot of the uh, press here is sort of reporting a fair bit of doom and gloom associated with mark weber in the uh, williams and, and the uh, whole we, williams team we we had a little bit of a chat about that earlier you know and sure there's that that's a pretty big thing to to change a formula one engineering um, uh, of tyres from one manufacturer to another, learning new people. You're a little bit closer to the scene over there, Paul. What's your take on it? 
Well, I think the Bridgestone thing is a bit of an issue. Um, despite the fact that um, after some pretty intense lobbying from Ferrari, you know, they've gone back to tyre changes this year, which is which is going to help Bridgestone quite significantly. Um, the problem, the problem from Williams' perspective, is that Michelin basically support manufacturers, um, and that's why you've, you'll see, um, uh, you know, the, the BMW team are, are obviously on, obviously on Michelin because, you know, they sell a lot of BMW road cars with the, with that French rubber on it, with the, uh, with the big fat guy on the, on the logo. <laughs> um, from Williams' perspective, because they're running basically as a privateer this year with the Cosworth, with the Cosworth engine, they don't have that pull. Now the upside is, of course. Michelin go away after after this year, and it becomes a one make uh, a one tire deal. Now, it's not confirmed yet, but unless um, unless somebody like Kumo come along with a big uh, truckload of money and dump it in Bernie's bank account, um, <coughs> you'd be pretty much set that Bridgestone are going to be the control tire supplier for Formula One next year. So, Williams, Williams, and Toyota, the two guys that have that have switched this year, that will give them. Um, yeah, a, a little bit of an advantage because they'll they'll already be kind of familiar with the tyres. But of course, you've got to get through this year first. Um, I think the big thing uh, th- there's two very good things in in Weber's favour. Weber's favour this year. One is the Cosworth engine. Um, of course, the engines have all have all changed. Yes, it does look like year. it's going to be quite positive there. That I think it's uh, it's coming out uh, on top, if not uh, if not second in in the performance stakes. Yeah, and the horsepower stakes. The, uh, of course, everyone's ha- having to run a V8, of course, because we're very, very familiar w- with producing V8s. And some people, like, like Mercedes and so forth, are having issues. Um, they can get reasonable horsepower, but as soon as they try and push the envelope to try to get maximum revs out of the thing, um, you start hearing that little kind of cargo pass and a little bang and a little tinkle, tinkle, tinkle of metallic parts kind of bouncing down the road, um, leading to the oil streak as well, which is, which is not a good thing. Generically, Paul, do you think that the reason why certain suppliers can seem to build consistently good engines and others can't are down to the human resources? We don't seem to see them like the engineering people move around too much. Um, and I suppose it is, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? You know, you, you suddenly let go of someone who, who at least knows the operation and the workflow and, you know, produces like the 98% job, but then, you know, you're taking a risk to bring someone in and bring them up to speed. Do you think that there should be more human technology transfer? Well, that's one of the big controversial things that's going on at the moment is that McLaren are a little upset that um, a whole bunch of, like Adrian Newey's gone, gone to Red Bull and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden a few of his henchmen are kind of packing up um, packing up in Woking and kind of heading north, uh, heading north as well. So uh, motor racing is a people um, is a people game. It's not about technology, about cars and drivers and so forth. Um, primarily, it's about money, and money buys clever people, and yeah. clever people win motor races. Now, how many people would there be working at McLaren? Lots. A thousand <laughs> people. I don't know the I don't know the number, but I know it is a it is a large number. It would be a large enough number to be not a very not as a sensitive team as like let's say when we were at Panos, where everybody knew everybody. Name and, and we we would all go out for a dinner together, even though it was still a quite a quite a high profile operation. There is not a restaurant big enough in the UK that could actually fit the entire McLaren staff. Uh, they probably don't. <laughs> you think of how many people you went to high school with, and there's more than that in the year you were there. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Actually, Absolutely. the whole year, like all six years. I know, oh, we talked about it on the show before, and there was a photograph in Autosport oh, yes. of, yeah, of, of the, the Renault Formula Renault. 1 team, where you've just got this sea of people. It's not, it's, it's not just like your year or your class in high school, it's like the entire high school, um, and then some. It's, it, is, it is just, there's an enormous amount of people oh. that are involved in making these cars, and this is why Max Mosley wants to kind of bring the That's presuming that they all actually, you know, that, that, that what Max wants to do gets through, and and that they all scale down accordingly. I mean, the big thing with the with infrastructure such as McLaren's got, of course, is that if there are that many people on the payroll and they've got the sponsorship dollars, why wouldn't they stay on the payroll? It costs or no costs or whatever Max wants to do. I mean, he can bring it down so that it becomes a much more reasonable challenge for the lowlier teams. But uh, the high-profile teams with the sponsors and the plenty of dough, um, if they don't need to lay those people off, well, you know, why would they? Well, because um, greed, for one. <laughs> the, more, the more money you make, the more money the shareholders can put in their pocket. That's just an observation, their, isn't it, Paul? The more, the more villas in Spain and the French Riviera that, that they end up and you get a bigger boat. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is, is you're just not like if they start limiting testing and start uh, having engines where your engine development is frozen for 12 months so you can't you can't make any improvements on on, uh, on, on your engine or they're talking like even locking it in for a couple of years that there's your engine there's the specifications um, sure I suppose you can have a bunch of people working away in the skunk works to build an engine that's going to be ready in kind of three years time but who knows what the rules are this is this is always the tricky um, the tricky scenario and standard parts they're talking about you know standard brakes and standard ECUs and standard um, you know control gearboxes and going yeah, back whatever to whatever standard is they've been talking about H pattern shiftings and standard wing elements and um, you know that, some of these Formula 1 teams they have wind tunnels that are actually going they have two wind tunnels going 24 hours a day Imagine it really, it really defies uh, understanding, doesn't it, Paul? Like this, the average person doesn't doesn't really have have much of a, a, a figure on that. It's interesting to see some of the the, the requirements of the new engines, the new uh, Formula One V8s, and they have definitely done some cost containment there. You know, uh, the variable uh, valve timing systems, lift systems are banned, variable geometry in like exhaust systems banned. Well, it's actually, it actually costs money this year. Oh, yes, to, it's a change. It's always going to cost, but have they given a, 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 a timeline about how long it'll be before they won't change these engines again? No, no, the argument's still going back and forth, and they're trying to get the manufacturers to sign up for Bernie. And, yeah, you know, Mosley was saying during the week that you've got to, they're going to open the window for entries for Formula One um, around the kind of the. 18th of March or something like that, it'd be just after the first race in Bahrain and they're going to close a week later and 
Yeah, but that. this is trying to screw W WP um, uh, GPWC. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and you know, I think everyone's going to kind of pretty much kind of fall on the line and, and it's going to do it. But it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if they do, if they are able to kind of bring these rules into check, which they're talking about kind of for two thousand for two thousand eight. Of course, this is they're talking about opening the entry not for the two thousand seven season, but for the two thousand eight season. So it's going to be like eighteen months. 18 months in advance and you've got all these people like you know your Roger Penske's and your um, uh, David Richards and so forth saying well look if, if we frame a set of rules where you can be uh, you have an ability to be competitive for a hundred million dollars a year as opposed to 400 million or 500 million or 600 million or however much you know, the heavy hitters like Toyota and Ferrari are spending then it becomes a possible, uh, a feasible uh, opportunity for those guys to come in and play. In fact, ProDrive announced yesterday that they're building a brand new, uh, significantly um, announced as a Formula One style um, development centre. So they're going to basically build a new building, a new, a new, a new headquarters. Now, it's not saying he's going to do it a, a Formula One team, but I think some of those guys, the, the Penske's and the, the David Richardson, Maybe some guys out of kind of GP2 who are kind of looking to to make make the step up. Um, you know, if they froze out the manufacturers and McLaren and BMW and Renault and Toyota kind of stood on their um, stood on their soapbox and said, "Well, no, we're going to go and do our own thing." Um, I don't think they can, I don't think they can win anymore because you've got all these other people lined up ready ready to come in. Mm. Paul, I must uh, congratulate you on the uh, the, the preeminent launch of your uh, Multimatic Team Panels podcast. Uh, Listen to the proof the other day that you sent over to me. Very, very good. Obviously, um, we, we're going to have to pick our act up a little bit, or we'll be we'll be pushed well, down God, the you charts by you, your. You, you've inspired me on the world of uh, yourselves and the likes of kind of Leo Laporte and some of the other kind of podcasts and so forth. We'll listen to and certainly, uh, um, you know brought back memories of my old radio days of uh, 5DN and 5AA and 5RPH and you know these years of basically kind of waffling about motor racing all, all these years and, uh, which you did of, so well at the uh, at the Grand Prix as well yeah, yeah not, not, so, not, uh, to, not to mention all this stuff all the years better to kind of pull all those skills back into um, you know, right, I've now got like an instant outlet um, <laughs> for the thing and that's kind of the beauty of podcasting Yes, well, uh, you wouldn't be getting that at uh, Kevin Weeks uh, Worldwide, would you? Mate, uh, maybe you can uh, bring us up to speed on uh, just what tools you use to put that together. Well, it's um, basically I've kind of stumbled, stumbled across a little um, um, stumbled across a little box that was able to um, uh, able to get a uh, phone line. I think they call them hybrids. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it um, it basically kind of pins that in and um, got the microphone and got the Mac and record it all in and mix it up and make a couple of little uh, little audio stings and uh, away you go. So you edit, Paul. We don't edit. Yes, yes, I do edit. I do edit. <laughs> what did you? What did you actually say? Uh, yeah, well, we know that. We'll probably edit half of your conversation out, if you like. <laughs> what did you assemble it in, mate? Uh, put it together in, uh, put it together in um, what's it called? Amadeus. 
into GarageBand. And um, so, yeah, lots of little, um, lots of little tools. The, the GarageBand's quite a thing. It puts puts a lot of nice little finishing touches of, you know, changing the uh, changing the logos and, you know, the logos have kind of little links to them. So, um, you know, when we're talking to a specific driver, you can kind of click on a little link that will kind of tell you about his driver's profile and so forth if you're watching it on, if you're watching it in your iTunes client. Um, so that's... So, Sorry, Paul. That's Garage Band iLife 06, of course, version. Yes, yeah. yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, so just kind of waiting with bated breath for it to. Um, uh, I got the email back that it's been submitted to the iTunes Music Store. Um, just waiting for bated breath. In fact, doing a little, doing that little search now to see uh, when it's actually going to turn up and we can announce it to the world. Viewers, make sure you do listen into uh, the Multimatic Team Panels podcast that Paul will be hosting all year. It's it's, it's very professional, um, and 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 it's it's very very interesting. You get right inside what's going on with some some top name drivers over in a different sector of the world. Um, suggest you just can't looking for it for the first time. Just uh, get into the iTunes Music Store, click on Music Store, uh, click on Podcasts, and just type in Multimatic. And I'm sure from there it will find what you want and it won't be too long before it'll be quite strongly ranked up into the sporting genre there. Maybe yeah, a couple well, below radio. I was just going to say, it has I, to be a couple I, I below just, radio. I just did another search, I'm still waiting for it to appear yet. So, uh, They're still uh, celebrating may, the may launch an, of their Bose Killers. <laughs> may, take another, may take another day or so. <laughs> what do you think? All right, Paul, well, thanks very much for your time today, mate. Um, and your insight once again. Yes. All right, guys. And, well, enjoy uh, that. Uh, enjoy that lovely weather. Um, oh yes. Wish I, I, I wish I could say we had the same here, but um, uh, unfortunately not. Well, as they say in motor racing, we never know what city we might see you in next week. No, indeed, this is true. All right, buddy. Thanks, Thanks for your Paul. time. Guys, see you. See you, mate. Bye. Well, that's just another pleasant surprise having Mr. Ryan on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Vic's got some blocked drains. She has. <laughs> Vic, what's up with your drains? It's tragic. <laughs> it's it was a, a quick well, overview, and we'll see if we can be <laughs> radio plumber. Well, I don't know because I've discovered I am no plumber whatsoever. I might be technically minded, but <laughs> plumber, I'm not. I don't even know if not my water ran up downhill or uphill. <laughs> Doesn't matter, Vic. Water always finds its own level. So it's all been very confusing and this has gone on for a week and I finally um, surrendered and got a plumber and, and I'm learning what an IP is. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's know, funny, that. You worked in technology most of your life and, and CNN <laughs> as well. You didn't know what IP was. Intellectual <laughs> property and internet protocol. <laughs> More biscuits. Well, what is it when it comes to plumbing? It's an oh, IP no. trap. Um, I think, well, I don't know what it stands for. Something, something plumbing. The P doesn't stand for plumbing, though, I'm sure. No, I don't Probably. know. I'm sick of my drainage problems. <laughs> my house looks like a cesspit. <laughs> a cesspit. For the rest of you, it's a cesspit. That's right. She is a kiwi. It's okay. <laughs> coming, um, coming up soon is a, uh, a little chat with Linda Long, who is a regular co-host on our show. There's a little is. bit something special. Linda's just been... Um, uh, well... What has she been? She's just well, been. Should we? Should we not preempt the Linda no, no, announcement? No, no, no. And just she, she's we'll, shy. We'll, and we'll do the, um, the the gravel announcement, and then she can do the tarmac. Yes. Does she know about plumbing? What do you reckon? You no, do the gravel announcement. 
Well, okay, time to go to the dirt. Yeah, we're doing it in the dirt. Um, Mitsubishi last week, uh, no, this week, sorry, earlier this week, announced that... Uh, run by Alan Heafy. They've uh, got a new team run by Alan Heafy, which I think we touched on on a show oh, about two or three months back before Christmas, that he would be handling the, uh, the Mitsubishi. <laughs> Ex-John Bowers. Fluffy That's right. Those. I mean, this is a man who's basically been... Uh, through the world of rallying and then got into uh, V8 supercars and uh, looked after Formula 1 drivers and has ended up back in rallying again. Oh, he actually he, came uh, out of rallying, did he? Yeah, originally he started in rallying and um, he uh, he's developed uh, two new Evo 9s and one's going to be used in the dirt and that's going to be driven by Scott Petter and um, who's the co-driver? I can't remember. It's really, it Lindor seems to Tavis. be that there is a strategy, what, what is emerging here in the world of rallying and, and that people who want to, like manufacturers who want to sell the cars, need to appeal to two, two, two parts. They need to appeal to tarmac people yes, and they need to appeal to dirt people. And with the World Rally Championship, we see it starts off with a tarmac rally in the Rally of Monte Carlo. It has other rallies like Corsica and so on like that. And then it has dirt rallies, and there are some snow rallies. So in, in Australia, traditionally, we've just had dirt. Well, um, the success of events such as Target Tasmania and the dominance of people like Jim Richards up until, like, last year where the yes. uh, where uh, Jason and, and, and John White took the victory in their R34, um, it really has been, the, you know, the, their domain. Um, they need to expand. And so you're seeing this year that Subaru will be fielding a gravel car and a tar and a tar car, a tar car mm -hmm. steered by uh, Dean Herridge and a, yep. and a gravel car by Cody Crocker, um, and in the same vein, Mitsubishi will be having the tar car with Warwick Rookland, the uh, uh, world 18-footer champion, um, who is has also and also Australian Formula Two rally championship twice with 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 Linda Long in the in the co-driving seat there and linda's been invited to join the works team our very own linda our very own linda and good old linda but that's and that really Who is isn't pregnant it, no not <laughs> this week but we'll get her on the phone and just ask her how that's going we will and then in the in the gravel as we said uh scott petter's got the drive um and uh, yeah so it's it's looking like a, it's going to be a good year Look, as usual, we're just blabbing on, wallowing around. Well, and you just carry on with that. And I'll just fill a little bit more in about Alan Heafy and what he did last year with the Magnus. And I'll ring um, Linda. While Johnny's ringing uh, Linda, for those of you who aren't aware, um, Mitsubishi's entry into, uh, in, into the rallying world, as in Australian style, um, actually took place last year. Um, and may have even been the year before. Um, and Alan Heafy was actually in charge of two uh, Mitsubishi Magnus, uh, which were pretty well bog-standard out of the factory. Um, he, uh, he he tweaked them, obviously, and, and did all the necessaries. And uh, they were very, very successful uh, as uh, as rally cars last year in the, in the Australian Championship. Um, I think, you know, not, notwithstanding driver errors, they both ran pretty well faultlessly the whole year. So... Um, he, Mitsubishi have now actually given him the opportunity to uh, get into doing the Evo 9. So Johnny's still teeing Linda up, I think. Hold on, the phone's coming down now. And uh, we'll get into the conversation. We'll actually try and get uh, Alan on the phone, Alan Heafy, later on uh, on another show. 
Okay, so uh, here we go. Uh, hello, Linda. Hi, JP. Hi, Hardy. How are you going, boys? We're well, thank you. And how are you going? You must be feeling pretty good this week. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty damn excited and old. <laughs> and old? Just let me turn the volume up here, Linda, for a sec. Okay. okay. There we go. Well, uh, how's the pregnancy going? Uh, yeah, pregnancy, thank God, was just John's imagination. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, it is for me, I can tell you, because if it was true, it would have been the Immaculate Conception. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was getting that in. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Hardy? How are you going? Are you driving? Yeah, good, thanks, Linda. It's, um, we're sorry we're a day late this week, just uh, sort of been snowed under with... All sorts of things, and uh, and JP had been busy uh, in in America for a few days with Apple, with the uh, the launch of the new um, iPod uh, Hi-Fi. Yeah. Um, it was was it actually been in house to, to get up and do a bit of a chat, but um, as usual, Mr. See, uh, Mr. Steve Job, uh, Steve uh, Waltney Jobs Orama had taken the <laughs> taken the seat. Walt Jobs. You don't even know who he works for or who he is anymore, do you? I think we've all lost track. Well, that's right, and I, nobody knows where I am either. No, I've, I've, well, it's a continual search for me of where is JP. Ah, <laughs> uh, let me tell you, if you can bring a schnitzel out and whistle, he'll be there. Oh, that's the secret, is it? I'll remember that one for next time. Mushroom sauce, thanks. Okay. Got it noted. Well, Linda, that's great. I'm really, really pleased. I think we're all very, very pleased. Mm. Like that, you know, you, you, but you got a like the the pro the pro gig. Not that you haven't had this this sort of stuff before, but um, it's it it marks a change in the whole thinking, as we were mentioning before we got you on the phone about how manufacturers see the public um, and their interest in buying like rally style performance road cars, where there's you know a one band that likes dirt, one band that likes. Um, and with the World World Rally Championship, you know, having more than four flavours, sand and dirt and snow and, and tar, um, well, why not? Oh, exactly. I mean, I think it's just wonderful that Australia is actually going that way and they've seen that, yes, the tarmac rallying in Australia is really taking off. I mean, I said this a couple of years ago and I've been, as you know, I've been trying to push for a championship, just a tarmac championship, don't know whether that's actually going to happen, but I do really believe it's going to be included in a national championship eventually, whether it's now. I think if it does, it'll be 2008 when the um, tarmac regulations for cars come in place and there's no more deciding which way you want to go. It's just this is it and that's it. The manufacturers, we've, you know, we knew Subaru were going into it and now Mitsubishi have come into it and I just think it's wonderful from my point, of, you know, naturally, but... I think for the manufacturers it's wonderful and I'm just actually hoping that more manufacturers are watching, which I'm sure they will be, and they come on board as well and it's just it's just going to be so exciting and it is a great marketing tool for them. If uh, the discussion I had with Peter Washington, the director of the Mount Buller Sprint, has anything to go, go by this afternoon, we could be up for a three-race Victorian Championship, which uh, starts off um, on the 27th and the 28th of May this year with the Lake Mountain uh, 10 or 12-kilometre uh, run, um, followed by the Mount Buller Sprint being pulled back into November and then a Falls Creek event. And that yeah. would be uh, just uh, really setting the stage up. I reckon Tasmania would have to be, have to be uh, rising to that. Well, I mean, you think about it, Tasmania's actually had their um, tarmac series, well, you know, you can call it tarmac series, but they've had tarmac rounds there for, oh, gosh, 
I think I can go back 15 years and tell you that uh, Rally of Tasmania was in the um, Australian Rally Championship years ago, and that was always a tarmac round. Um, so, t you know, Tasmania has actually three now dedicated tarmac rounds. So if Victoria gets three, I mean, how good is that? And, you know, we've got Western Australia now with Targa West, so there's another one. Queenslander, actually, they were going to try to pull one off this year. It's not going to happen, but hopefully next year it will. Sadly, Sydney, you know, New South Wales lost theirs, and that was mainly due, due, due to funding, um, as well as, unfortunately, New South Wales government. They're not as helpful as the rest of them around Australia, but um, that could change. You never, never know. But, yeah, it's certainly getting there and taking off. But you know, Victoria is just fabulous what they're doing, and Peter Washington's just doing an excellent job really, you know, organising this, and I think it's, yeah, it's fabulous. It really is. Well, you're no stranger to tarmac rallying, especially uh, sitting alongside uh, Warwick Rookland, who's a very capable driver there. Moving up from an Evo Seven now to a uh, to an Evo Eight, which you which you um, co-drive with uh, with Abe Tuckett at uh, Mount Buller, and now you're moving to the Nine. Do you see much difference uh, in between the cars? I suppose it's hard for you to sort of answer that until you've been in it. But I think uh, you found that the electronics were more uh, advanced in the Eight than they were in the Seven. They were, they were, um, and the 9 again has actually got this um, Mivec motor in it, so I mean I haven't really had a great look at it because I haven't seen it yet, but the brakes are actually been changed by the FIA and the regs of what they can do. Um, so yeah, it's going to have a lot more, definitely a lot more mumbo um, than what the 7 did. Um, you know, Mitsubishi and Rally Art, you know, through WRC have actually done a lot of work on the 9. Um, you know, as you know, Mitsubishi pulled out of the championship prior to last year, you know, this year pulling out, but prior to that they took a year off just to sort of reassess and work more on their WRC car, which in turn comes down to the road cars that you get, but also the Evolutions, and the Evolution 9 has been really, a lot of technical work has gone into it to make it a lot of better package with its brakes, um, with its cooling system as well, and also with this new engine. So. I'm actually really looking forward to getting into it. I haven't been in a nine yet. Um, the first time I'm actually going to see one in competition is at Rally of Canberra, not this weekend, but the following weekend, which I'm actually going down to see the Mitsubishi people and see Scott Petter and Glenn Weston and give them a bit of moral support. Um, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see the difference between this car and the seven. Um, that's going to be my best... You know, Targa's going to be my best after that event to really compare the two because... Warwick really did wring the neck out of the seven. He, um, I don't believe we could have gotten any more out of that car than what we did. And I know, you know, what it was like, and that, and that was low flying and just a wonderful fun bouncing off the corners. So <laughs> the nine's going to be really interesting, and I'm sure Warwick's going to come to grips with it very quickly, as you know he seems to, and he'll spend some time in the car prior to the event. So yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. So talking about that, Linda, um, when's your car ready? I mean, obviously, I, I think I read in the, it probably was part of the press release that the the, the gravel car for uh, Scott Petter's just about finished, uh, and car, obviously yeah. it's going to be hitting the hitting the road at Canberra. Uh -huh. um, when do you when do you guys get hold of the tarmac car? Um, to be honest, I really don't, don't honestly know the exact date. Um, we're hoping, and I know Alan sort of, you know, they really, the boys have actually only started working on the tarmac car Monday week ago because they were, you know, manly working on Scott's car to get that ready for Rally of Canberra and to get him in the car to have some time before they actually go off to Canberra, which I think Scott's doing this week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping, what is it now? Well, it's the beginning of March. Um, so I'm hoping by probably three weeks, 
three weeks hopefully it'll be sort of just about there to actually get Warwick in the car right. get some time in it to have a bit of a play and sort of you know get to feel it and everything else and get it all fine-tuned and set up for him because you know Warwick naturally will be able to give a lot of information back to um, Mitsubishi as to the team as to how to set the car up for Targa because it's going to be you know naturally very different to what they've set um, Scott's car up for gravel oh, for and sure. then yeah then we'll go from there so let's touch wood fingers crossed maybe three weeks and yeah we'll see from there and you'll be there fantastic yeah we'll be there <laughs> so as I understand Linda it is only a three race uh, program at this stage but but then again this is a toe in the water for yeah, Mitsubishi and those for Subaru who have never embarked on any water, co- I mean Unfortunately, with the decision coming from Rally Art, you know, and, and the powers to be who actually give the final sign off for this, and I know Alan's worked very hard to get this to happen because he really believes in it, and unfortunately, that with it only coming through a couple of weeks ago with the final crossing of the T's and dotting the I's, we missed out on doing Buller and we've missed out on doing Rally of Taz, which has given Dean Herridge, you know, which you, you've got to look at, he's going to be the main opposition in the Subaru, a little bit of a head start there. However, they are two events that we have previously done for the last, you know, few years. So, you know, yeah, it's going to be a bit hard for the old buddy because he's, you know, he hasn't been in a car since the end of June last year. <laughs> so he's going to have to dust the cobwebs off and, you know, get out of the walking frame and all of that and <laughs> get himself together. And, um, yeah, see if he can still drive, but I'm sure he can. I'm sure he'll come to the, you know, ride for the challenge and he'll be fine. You know that uh, racing car drivers and anyone who's uh, involved in motorsport at a high level, it doesn't take them very long at all. They get back into it and, and, and they probably are more doubting of themselves and they get into it and uh. suddenly the sensation of speed sets in uh. and they're instantly on it and uh, they, they, you, never, you never forget that. No, it's just like riding a bike, isn't it? You know, like once you've done it for so many years, which, you know, dear old Warwick, he's pushing... He's pushing the age limit there. <laughs> he's getting into the, well and truly into the master's degree, and he's been driving for how long now? God, over well and truly over twenty odd years, twenty five years. Oh, over twenty five years. God, it's scary, isn't it? When you say it like that. So yeah, I don't think he's going to have much of an issue. I think it's more a case of just getting him in the car, getting the car set up for him, um, feeling his, you know, finding out his comfort zone, which won't take him long, and then yeah, he's just going to get in it and just drive it. And I mean, it, look, at the end of the day, most of these guys um, that drive competitive like this, and, you know, people like Warwick and even people like Jim Richards and that, it's just a natural thing. They just, they're boy races. When you, you boil down to it, they're all boy races. So they love it, and that's in their blood. And they, they are talented and good at it, so I can't see it being an issue for him. Well, it's good to see that you're going to be putting a little bit of research in before you get into doing some tarmac events by coming down and uh, being uh, representing Radio Hoplap. Hoplap. We have plenty of hops, but <laughs> Hoplap down here at Clips of 500. Uh, really looking forward to you coming down. and We're going to have quite, a, quite an interesting team down here. We are. Well, you're really going to have to me because I'm going from V8 circuit racing and then as soon as I finish um, Clips all, which the same weekend, like that is the maddest weekend for motorsport that weekend. I, I don't know if you guys realise, but the same weekend as Clipsal, we've also got the first round of the MotoGP in Spain, same weekend. We also have uh, Rally of Catalonia, which is the Spanish WRC round, the same weekend. Well, we've uh, got all these different motorsport, major motorsport things happening that weekend. So, you know, like my head's going to be everywhere. Week later, 
I'm off to, you know, go play in a car and start getting ready for tarmac rallies. <laughs> you can yeah. uh, rest assured, Linda, that uh, shoe sales are, you know, just not that good in Spain. <laughs> Don't you dare say that. I bought some mad shoes in Spain last yes, year. Yes, so but you won't well be buying any this year. <laughs> and uh, I'd have to, I have to point out that Linda did pop into the, uh, for a, a nice uh, short uh, black at uh, the... CBD. What was it? Uh, Western, Western last weekend yeah, on the on the beautiful. scooter that she's now refusing to sell me after we've sort of done a deal and don't even buy it. Don't start um, with her purple Armani. Yes, didn't I? I had a bit of an issue staying sitting talking to you about work because I could see Armani and I could see all these shops beside me and I could see the shoes and I was drooling, going work shoes, work shoes. What do I do? And I was yeah, really trying to distract you, but it didn't work, did it? I didn't get the shoe shop today. Well, we wouldn't want to say that it's a pair of shoes, but there's a little box down here that uh, we'll be presenting you when you come down uh, in appreciation of your efforts and also to say happy birthday, Linda. Aww. Yes, many happy returns, Linda. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's why I put the comment in that, you know, I'm getting a little bit older as well. Uh, it happens mm. to all of us, but, uh, yeah. you know. Some faster than others. Well, you know, someone made that comment to me the other day and said, oh, you know, you're getting older. And I said, yeah, I know I am, but I'll never, ever catch up to you. <laughs> Could be a bit of uh, rally driving uh, coming through in the family as well there, uh, Linda. Yes, a little yes. bit of curb damage recently. Uh, well, there's a couple of issues with that one. The eldest son, Stuart, God love him. Um, yeah, he's um, not talking to his mum on her birthday today. But anyway, that's another story because he's not getting the car he wants. But yeah, he actually did a little bit of what I would say was attempted rallying driving in the wet the other night um, with naturally the friends behind and all their cars and I think he's decided, yeah, I'm, I'll show you how to slide it round a roundabout, um, but he didn't. He actually hit the gutter and just destroyed the full left-hand side suspension. I mean, I couldn't believe the damage he had done. It was only 35 k's. Well, that's, that's the funny thing about it. He's that's amazing. Home, it's all slow motion. Walked straight in and gone with this long face, going, oh, Mum, I think you should look at the car. And as soon as he said that, I knew he'd done something. And I said, what have you done? And his first comment was, oh, don't ask how I am. And I said, well, listen, mate, you're fine because you're standing here talking to me, telling me to go and look at the car. <laughs> I know you're all right. What's wrong with my car? Anyway, I go have a look at it. And... He's, here he is telling me, oh, you know, look, I'm really sorry, Mum, it was wet, you know, and I was only going slow, and I just skidded a little bit, and I've hit the, the gutter, but I was only doing 35. So I've looked at the car. Now, I'm the wrong person, or look, put it this way, I'm the wrong mother to try to put one over with cars, because we have bent the cross member, lower control arm, we've bent the upright, We've destroyed the wheel. Amazing what? how they understeer in the wet, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially for at 35 k's. Totally. You sure you didn't get picked by the wrong company? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I, I shouldn't say that, but I'm sorry, that is the car that I have. And, you know, and if, if you want to help me out with another one, yeah, by all means. <laughs> I, I think am, it would be uh, completely unsuitable yeah, for you to be seen. Yeah, horrible thing, and I know damn well he was doing a bit more, and all his mates are standing there going, told you, Stuart, you shouldn't have lied to her, she knows more. <laughs> It'd be completely unsuitable for you to be continuing to be driving that uh, very nice uh, Subaru in, in, um, uh, Forester, well, which I also, um, also well, drive myself. But. I'll be totally honest with you. I do actually feel a bit bad about driving it, so I, I actually have been the last week looking at another car. Because <laughs> 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 I feel a bit bad driving around the Subaru with the Mitsubishi, so I'm actually going over to Mitsubishi. Well, I'm actually going to have a look at the Mitsubishi dealer tomorrow and see what they've got available and then, yeah, see what happens.
That's good, Linda. I, I was a bit a uh, bit worried flying back with you from from Adelaide, and you you had it there for a, a, a wash and a and a valet. Oh, John, would you please stop telling everyone? <laughs> <laughs> ah, you're right. You can bash me later. Fly first class around the world and have chauffeurs and I like it. All sorts of things. Yeah, but you're a practical girl. I am a practical girl. Just because I have chauffeurs that are very fast drivers, I can't help that. Just might move on to another subject uh, away from what you're specifically doing while we've got you on the phone, bringing you up to speed, because JP doesn't know that I uh, had a phone call last night from our very good friend uh, Rick Shaw, who uh, is also a, a, a very a top 10 competitor directly against you, Linda, and in Target Tasmania, to say that he's returning full-time to the production car racing with oh, cool. Colin Osborne in his uh, Toyota team, and... Uh, you know, I reckon that's great. I think that's wonderful too. I mean, Rick is really a very talented driver. He really is. And I mean, he actually showed more, I think, when he did Targa last year, which was the first time he'd ever did anything like that away from the circuit. And to get the results that he did and the times he did were just astounding. And he just was blown away by the whole event. For him to get this gig now, and, you know, it's just fabulous. And Colin Osborne, I mean, I know Colin. And Colin's, a, you know, I, I think Colin's a great guy. The two of them together is just going to be an absolute hoot, and I think they're just going to do a brilliant job together. So it's going to be great, isn't it? Oh, look, I think uh, you know it goes back to goes back to his roots. Really, really sort of started doing proddy car racing with with Colin uh, there in oh. the MR2s, and now the Salikas. Oh, um, yeah. And I think the production car category has probably got a stronger following than performance car. I think it has too. You yeah, know, it, it appeals more to the well, grassroots people. people. Talking about it and watching it than there ever were before, and I think. <laughs> You know, quite a class field with the drivers that are now coming into it, um, and you know what what the results we're seeing, but also just the spectacle of it all. It's really come of age, and I think it's fabulous. If I was going to go production car racing, I think I'd rather like to be Colin Osborne's team uh, mate. It's very unlikely I'm going to get pinged with him being a boss of cams. <laughs> How can you say that? Being cams helps, does it? Are you, are you saying that, John? Well, Linda, it's been great to hear me. Lovely to talk to you, Linda. Now go out and have a lovely evening and happy birthday again. Thank you so much for that, boys. I will. I'm actually actually going out now with my dogs, of all things. Oh, how are you, new collies? Oh, my babies are just gorgeous. They're growing brilliantly. They're Enormously and very fast. Extremely protective, though, I tell you. Next time you guys come over here, be careful. Right. Well, thanks for oh, the uh, really thanks for the photos you sent me. Linda, congratulations on getting the uh, Mitsubishi factory drive there in in a new category that hasn't been explored in Australian motorsport with uh, a very a very capable uh, driver in Warwick, Brooklyn. Looking forward to to seeing you up there on the podium and um, maybe uh, Jimmy not on the podium. God bless him, he's getting enough press. You know what, if anything more for Mitsubishi than anything else, I would just love to do that for them, I really would. To give us this opportunity to be able to give that back to them would just be the ultimate, and I just hope that we can do it, and we're just going to try our best. Good for you. Okay, thanks, babe. Speak to you soon. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Thanks, Linda. Happy birthday. Catch ya. Thanks, guys. Bye. I just couldn't wish anything more for her. She just really deserves all that. She's had so much success around the world, you know, in, in the World Rally Championships and, and the, the trophy cabinet. You sort of, you just go, I've only got about six or seven trophies, you know. <laughs> she's just like, 
Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, really. Ah, good on her. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, I reckon that's probably about it, don't you? It is. It is about it, other than to say, while we've been sitting here, Vicky, thank you very much for bringing yeah, out this Vic, wonderful spread of olives and cheeses and dips and stuff like More that. More than and, welcome. And, and, and uh, as we... Beers. Well, we're not having beers tonight <laughs> no, because we're, we're actually we having we've actually been having a, um, a a red wine evening, and that's a bit unusual for us to leave it till the end. But we've uh, yes, we're we're just about to start a beautiful wine. I shall mention in the middle uh, in a moment. Uh, <laughs> and we had a clean skin from Joseph, or rather Primo Estate, which was very nice. Cabernet uh, a Cabernet Malbec, which is which was very very nice, but a little light. And now we're moving on to a Dowie Duel, Cab Sab from the from McLaren Vale. Um, if you're travelling between McLaren Vale and Aldinga, you will find it. Well, Willunga, you'll find it yep. on the road there. You will just past a beautiful restaurant called Salopian Inn on the right, and you can go in there. And there's some chickens in there that Rust actually had a bit of a snap at one day. <laughs> <laughs> Rusta's been having a little snap earlier on, but she's here. She's quieting right down and there. enjoying the evening. Well, sorry we haven't been up to just biggest form, best form, what we usually are. Oh, I think we've had a, still had a very good evening. It's been a decent length show, and uh, certainly with uh, international Paulie and uh, lovely Linda on the phone, I think uh, you know. I don't think we've got anything to be worried about. The viewers, are, I'm sure, were entranced by both of. Uh, both of the guests that we had in trance in trance it's a good word it is a good word as we move closer towards clipsal um next week we'll be doing a show not quite sure who will be getting on the show but the following week after that i will be uh in uh, jail for a week so i will not <laughs> be able to make the show for the first time although next week is episode 21, 21. So, so we might have a drink not that, that, <laughs> just for a change and and get everybody around that lives in Adelaide just for it uh, yeah. well done Vic I think Thanks you're going to be doing the show with Linda you t you and Linda are going to be hosting the show Linda's next week you'll be flying down no week after oh the week after so 22 right. okay and yep. then it'll be the, the prelude to Clips of 500 then it'll be the it Clips will. of 500 wrap and the whole before thing before you know it, it'll be here Grand Prix it'll be go 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 we'll be getting it'll be all beginning big and we've got some interesting announcements to make in the area of podcasting with V8 Utes yes if they bother to pay the bill I'll be happy to uh, tell you about all that stuff. <laughs> Can you say that? See you, viewers. Good night, viewers. Good night. Good night, Russell.